0: As we head into Black Friday weekend, we talked a lot today about customer service because on Wednesday, while I was doing some Christmas shopping, I had a rather interesting interaction, shall we say, with the young clerk at a gift shop. So we also had some fun getting your stories on customer service, whether those stories are good or bad. We also had our weekly sports chat with Bob Irving, who weighs in with his thoughts on the Grey Cup and what could we expect from the Blue Bombers in 2023. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, November 24th podcast for The Start. I see something in our queue here that is labeled Greg's Sounds of the Game, and I feel like I need to ask, I need to inquire, why? what is Greg's Sounds of the Game?
1: Uh, this is a reenactment of what uh, the hockey game sounded like at my house last night, a 6-1 loss by the Winnipeg Jets to the Minnesota Wild.
0: Now wait! We-
1: Oh, man. Not the start we wanted. Oh, she got to be kidding me. Another one? Carolina scored three straight on us the other night. Oh, okay, Jets. Here we go. Here we go. Next goal wins. Next goal wins. Oh, oh poor Helly. Oh, for... Oh, jeez. Oh, come on! That's not
0: a little interference. Turn it off! A little
1: bit A
2: little bit now.
0: So it was a happy time in your home. Yeah,
2: two, two and a half
1: <laughs> hours encapsulated in uh, 30 seconds, Loren.
2: You didn't sound as angry as I thought you would. and There's not as many expletives, and I... Um Oh, there was no expletives, but that score, man, that sucked. And I'm curious, Brett, uh, I'm back home today, but I'll be in full time next week. Did you hear him coming down the hallway with a big sigh and a steep T? You always know when the Jets, <laughs> leave. like you never have to see the score. Pre-pandemic, I never had to see a game. I just knew by Greg's attitude when he came in either. It <laughs> was a win. <laughs> and then that slow walk and a sigh and the, the shuffling of the steep T. <laughs> I, I knew we lost
0: yeah well, just a full completely fall on the sword here. I did not see that because I got here after Greg because I forgot to set my backup alarm. So when I woke up today at four thirty, it was like, What? Four thirty, Come on now. but uh, so I was grum- I had my own grumble session when I got up today. but uh, I imagine that that would would have been the the steep tea shuffle. Steep tea
1: shuffle, absolutely. And as I said, that's a reenactment. What was actually going on is not suitable for radio.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, well,
2: I already texted you guys this morning because we do have the actual sounds of the game coming up later in the show. And I said, I hope that sounds of the game doesn't include all six of the goes, like goals. Can't we just uh, like wrap it up at three and be like, that's yeah, it, it just that's went, all you need to hear. Yeah,
1: at 4-1, it just went downhill from there. Blake Wheeler gave away the puck and... That was for the fifth. Uh, anyway, we don't need to talk about it. Let's
0: turn the page, Brett. All right. Well, hey, did, did you watch the, the the footy match yesterday, Greg? Well, I
1: was uh, shooting some
0: TV commercials yesterday oh, yes, of for
1: course. the St. Bonaventure Hospital Foundation, but we did have a computer and we did have a large screen TV. And yes, we managed to find <laughs> a way to watch a big chunk of the game, including Alfonso Davies' uh, miss on that penalty mm-hmm. kick in the first 10 minutes of the game. That Oh, boy, he makes that kick. And it changes the narrative and the possibilities dramatically. Canada showed up big time yes. yesterday. They they really pushed the pace of play, in particular in that first half. But as typically happens or can often happen in soccer, in football, Lorraine, the better team lays back, waits, lies in lies in wait. And takes advantage of an opportunity. And uh, that's exactly what we saw happen yesterday uh, with a goal in the 44th minute of the first half.
2: Well, there's a reason why soccer games usually don't see 6-1 scores like hockey because of that philosophy, right? To just to be play that patient kind of game. But I don't watch a ton of soccer, so just take this with a grain of salt. But as I was watching yesterday, I thought, these guys look good. Like, so, I don't know if that means anything to anyone, but I think they came out to play. You know, I think people were like, when they looked at Belgium ranked number two and Canada 41st, they would say to themselves, oh gosh, we're going to be in tough here. I don't think we were. Um, I think there's possibilities for Sunday's game. So we're going to get more into fan reaction in our next segment. But I thought it was fun. And I thought it was great. My kids came home from school and in recesses and whatnot, they had the game on and... and You know, they were excited, too. And I thought that's exactly, at at the very least, that's what it's all about, you know, exciting the next generation of fans.
0: All right, so more on that in our next segment. And Bob Irving, by the way, is going to join us at 8.35 to talk about sports, so we'll be sure to ask him about football and the football, as we like to call it. And at 6.35, we are going to venture back into the conversation on snow clearing as it pertains to sidewalk clearing and i understand there's some uh, consternation loren as it pertains to the equipment that is that is needed
2: well i know people have been talking about this if not for the last brutal winter we had for years right how can we do better as a city but those complaints i think have really ramped up and the city listened it felt like they listened in the spring they said they're gonna uh, buy more equipment they approved the purchase of that equipment in july but we learned yesterday that it sounds like i think none not one single piece of 15 machines that were Purchased or approved to purchase are here. They're not due until sometime in January or maybe February, and so you know that's frustrating to hear. And and we'll get more into what the mayor and and some of the councilors had to say. But for residents, that's really where the struggle is. If you're waking up in this winter city this morning and looking forward to that melt just so it gets rid of some of the mess on the sidewalks in front of your home or business, I, I hear you. I feel you. When you're trying to navigate the streets just as a pedestrian, let alone someone with mobility issues, it can be tough on a day like today, let alone when we get in peak winter. So we'll have that conversation after 6.37.
1: Yeah, it might surprise people to learn, and this was emphasized a couple different times by different people, the fact that the city clears to its snow-clearing policy, not to a budget. They set about $37.5 million aside for snow-clearing, and if they use less than that, obviously they... To spend it elsewhere. Last year, uh, Scott Gillingham said they cl- spent close to $60 million last year, but emphasized Mother Nature is in charge. Whatever Mother Nature de- delivers, we intend to serve the people of Winnipeg based on our snow clearing policy. And so <laughs> I don't know if that makes you feel any better or not. Uh, maybe that's a, an indictment of the policy itself. I'm not sure. So we will dig into that and, and have that. Lengthier conversation in about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes from now.
0: I saw. I think it was one of our listeners who described it as uh, that that melty sort of dirty snow as brown. It's like, and then they were, this person was a runner. They they're part of a running yes. community. They called it, it brown, sugar? brown sugar. Brown sugar. Perfect. It's perfect because it, when I was going for a walk the other day, I thought this is this is tough to walk through, and that's for for me. I'm like I'm not a I'm not super in shape or anything, but I'm able-bodied. So anybody, like I passed some some moms with a stroller in tow, like, come on now. It's just messy out there. So- it is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Jets. December 2nd, Canada Life Centre. Columbus Blue Jackets in town, and it has to do with what we're going to talk about right now. And, it, you know, as we head into Black Friday, busy shopping weekend, or question of the day, by the way, at cjob.com for credit aid. Struggling with debt, call 204 987 creditaid.ca. If you plan to do some Black Friday shopping, will you go out to shop or stick to online? Going out to shop, shopping online, those are your options. Cast your vote, cjob.com. We put it on Instagram as well, at 680cjob. But yesterday, we're going to talk a little bit more about how i became a full blown christmas monster yesterday the transformation was sort of instantaneous but uh i went did some christmas shopping yesterday and i was in a store buying a novelty t-shirt for a friend and when i walked in there are three three youngsters working in this store oh boy and like like they they were cursing and swearing they In the were, store. Yeah, they, they were listening to to music that was riddled with obscenities. I didn't care. Like, I don't care. But it, it was certainly not the most inviting environment. Uh, <laughs> so and none of them acknowledged me. And I don't care. Like, I, I kind of like to be left alone when I go shopping. But if you want to at least say, hey, if you need a hand, let us know. Otherwise, you know, go about your business. But they didn't acknowledge me until I picked up a T-shirt and then I just I, I turned around to to go look elsewhere, but because I suddenly fell out of their sight. So then one of the kids he comes bounding around the corner and he says, Oh, hey, can I help you with anything? He, he basically was trying to make sure that I wasn't stealing a shirt from them because I disappeared. <laughs> so that so I was super annoyed. So I, I kind of said, No, I'm gonna buy this shirt. I'm just seeing what you got around the corner here. And he says, Okay, well just trying to help. I'm like, okay. So now I'm you've I've, you've annoyed me twice in 10 seconds. Um, and then when I went to pay, he says, "Oh, do you have a rewards card?" And I said, "No, I don't. Okay, well, I'll just get that started for you and you get uh, every for every, every four shirts, you get a fifth one for free. And I said, "That's okay, I don't need that. Oh, you don't you don't like free shirts?" I'm like, wow. I almost I almost just said, forget it. I don't want your stupid shirt. So anyway, customer service. He was trying. I also found it funny because he reminded me of me when I worked in customer service. <laughs> there it is. There <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. As a youngster. Because I, I wasn't always the. believe it or not, with my resting bread face, I wasn't always the most uh, nice person with customers. So 204-780-6868. Let's talk about customer service. And uh, Cameron Poitras is in the building. Let's start with you, sir.
3: Well, I remember when I was a, a young kid. I was very young, um, and we just had this this horrible, horrible waiter. Um, it was at Chee chis I think his name was Greg or something like that. Like, <laughs> he was so rude. Uh, it was so difficult. I was just a really young kid, and I remember it. And I just like burned in my memory this guy, Greg, Greg, <laughs> Greg at Chi-Chi's. Uh, did you know any other Gregs at Chi-Chi's uh? Madeline? No, no, uh,
1: that was probably me, Cam. You're probably doing something <laughs> to annoy me, and I was pushing back. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, I just was because I'm, I'm sitting at
3: this uh, computer. There's a chi Cheese menu, and I know Greg was using this this computer, and I was just I don't know. I just eh. wanted to say that. Um, but well done, Cam. Um, I was getting pizza just for the great cup, picking up, heading over to my buddy's place, and uh, it was just a pickup in the the the. The, the young lady standing behind the, the the counter was one of the most miserable people I had ever seen in my entire life, visibly on her face. Uh, she was like hitting the, she was like, hold please, smacking the button, <laughs> wouldn't acknowledge me. She was on the phone, like very, very, very rude to the customers and stuff like that. And I was just thinking like, oh boy, I'm just going to say, this is, I'm picking the pizza up for my buddy Lyndon. I'm leaving and I just had like I was gonna say is the minimum amount of words. Um, because she was just absolutely like livid. Maybe she was busy, maybe she wasn't getting any support. I don't know what was going on. Uh, but uh, I I was like, I'm getting I'm getting the heck
0: out of here. She's gonna get your pizza. I'm and getting run. my
3: pizza and running because she was uh she was mi- miserable to say the <laughs> least.
0: Was the pizza good at least? Oh it was yeah, it was good pizza. Okay. Sure. Yeah.
3: Good. It, makes everything feel, it makes everything better.
0: Jeff Broad, what about you?
4: Well, I've noticed that I, I've sort of taken the 180 now at the drive-through where it's not the employees that can be the problem sometimes. It's me. And it's uh, my hearing is going and I can't understand a word coming out of the little <laughs> speaker thing. I get there and I'm like, welcome. To and I was like, oh, there's a question there. And I was like, uh, no, I just want a coffee, and I have no idea what you ask me. And <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I could sense sometimes the frustration in their voice when I make them repeat things three times, and then I just still don't know what they're saying. So uh, I've just, you know, it's a reason or example number 1,246 of me turning into my father, where it's like <laughs> just bark stuff out the window until you get what you want, you know?
0: I had a moment like that yesterday. I was at the jet store. And he says to me, or at least I thought he said to me, are you a scene ticket member? You know, the the scene card? Sure. Because they've expanded their, like, where you can collect points for that. So Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I said, oh, okay, well, I've I've still got this old card. Does that work? And he kind of looked at me funny and he said, I can look it up by name. So then I thought about it for a second and I asked him, hang on a sec. Did you ask me a scene ticket or season, season. ticket? <laughs> 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 like, okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, man. I was kind of daydreaming. Anyway, uh, what about you, Mackling?
1: Is that right after you paid your uh, Shaw cable bill with uh, Visa gift cards, purchased then, <laughs> 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 right? The whole scam thing that uh, <laughs> some of us have uh, fallen for, my my dearly departed grandmother. Um I have a similar one at the drive through Jeff. There's one drive through in town where when you pull up, they just say, hi. And huh. so then I say hi back, and then they say hi again. <laughs> and so then I get really passive-aggressive, and I go, hi, because I'm waiting for them to welcome me to yeah. their establishment and ask me if if uh, they can help me with my order so i dig in my heels and it's only one place and i go to this place all the time i'm not mentioning it by name and it's only one location that they do this and i really want to meet the manager that trains the new staff
3: <laughs> heaven forbid they acknowledge you when you're there to spend money
1: yes, yes. hi oh hi <laughs> there's awkward silence. It's fantastic. I'm going to record it next time I go through this drive-through. Would
0: you prefer if it, would you would you rather have a Clay Young, hi, yeah. or or more like Christian O'Mell? hi? Hi. <laughs> but here's At the least thing: some level,
1: say, some level of personality would go a long way.
2: But I, when I go into a store and they start talking to, like, I try to keep my head down. I don't want them to talk to me. And then when they don't talk to me, I'm like, there's well, nobody talking to me. Yeah. So, how come yeah, you're not it's helping? A hard me. Job. Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. What about you, Loren?
2: Okay. So this is just more on the line of the patronizing tone that can come. So I have had this happen three times over the last year and a half. My, uh, my cable bill, it was on my credit card. And at some point I go to use Shaw on demand to order a movie or what have you, watch a show and it wouldn't load. Call in. They say your credit card is the wrong number or it's expired. I was like, yep, no, I called and updated this. Remember if you look, I did that in March, right? give them my new credit card, go through the thing again. Six months later, I go to order something up. I don't even know how why it takes six months for them to flag that my card is not working. It happens again, but not because I've changed my credit card because they, they didn't update it in their system. Three times over, over the last year and a half, I've had to give them the exact same credit card number. So back in December, I get this guy on the phone once again. Yes, no, I know this is a problem. It's been a problem for me, not for you, for me for a year and a half because I don't know why, but I keep calling in with my credit card. Okay what's your password for your system? And I was like, I have no idea. Sorry. (laughs) And he's like, so he sighs with me. Like now he's annoyed with me. Well, we're going to have to create you a new password. Yep, fine. So I give him my password. I was like, but again, can we make sure this information's in there? I don't want this to keep happening. I don't like waiting on hold for 25 minutes to fix something that's a problem on your end. <sighs> Maybe you should remember your password. And I said, my password is oh! not the issue. Yes. Oh, and then, oh my God. So then I give him a new password and he actually says, have you written that down? No! Do you- Come on! <laughs> no. Then he says, do you think this is something you can remember? And I, oh my God! I'm i on speakerphone, and my son, the oldest, looks and he like leaves the room he's like oh my god this guy's insane to say this to my mother here it and comes so here it comes i was just like do <laughs> i think i can remember this password the password is not the problem man it's you and so sure enough yesterday i go to order up her show what happens something's wrong with my shaw on demand oh. i'm not even gonna call them Mount- they oh, can- call, call me call me i don't know why
0: It is Mackling McGarry and McNabb. It's Thursday, which means small town salute day. We are going to wear at 735 Lorraine McNabb.
2: We're heading to Oh, the beautiful town of Beauxur. They're doing something this Friday that had us all exclaiming, Oh my gosh, is this the town of Beauxager? Because the photo looks so beautiful of the scene they're trying to set Friday. Would you like to actually walk through what feels like a Hallmark movie? You know, Garland, Santa sleighs, Fire Pits. All those hallmark movies make small towns look like they just do up Christmas right. <laughs> and tomorrow that's what Beaux is doing. So we'll check in with them at seven thirty seven for our small town salute to find out how they're basically turning one of their big streets into a small town movie hallmark scene.
0: And then at complete seven with
2: no kissing or touching. <laughs> Because that's also Hallmark movies.
0: <laughs> and you got to make sure to have a big puffy scarf and, and some sort of cute Christmas hat, yeah. I suppose. You
2: actually can't go unless you're a country song who made it big and then now is coming back to a small town to find out his roots.
1: <laughs> and of course, you're wearing mitts <laughs> or gloves, that that big, beautiful scarf, your jacket wide open and no tooth.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah.
2: But it's winter.
0: <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, and hey, speaking of Christmas. We want right now. We want to ask you the question: Are you feeling festive yet? Because it's sort of a it's a, it's an interesting month in the sense that you know we we we've talked about how some of us don't like to even think about it until Remembrance Day is has passed is it be worse we're beyond November 11th, and uh, I joked about how um, once our colleagues down the hall at Peggy at 99 they made the flip to Christmas music on November 12th, so I set my alarm clock to Peggy so that when I woke up I would be annoyed. At Christmas music, so it would force me to get out of bed promptly oh, to turn crap. it off. Because oh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it yet.
2: Hang on, hang on. Keep going with the story.
0: <laughs> I wasn't ready for the so. Christmas music yet. So, but I've, you know, we've been talking this week about the return of holiday parties and Black Friday is tomorrow. Sit, you know, we talked about, you know, sitting on uh, Santa's lap and we had to chat about Christmas trees. And yesterday I went to visit my dad and he had put up some decorations and, um... I stopped at the Kildonan Place afterward to just to to see if they, you know, to maybe get a start on my Christmas shopping. I bought one gift, and then it was like zero to ludicrous speed instantly. It was like, okay, let's go. And I was basically running through the mall to look, okay, I got to buy this person a gift. Oh, I remembered something else. I got to buy that person a gift. I suddenly wanted to buy all of my presents yesterday, and I had to pull myself out of the mall. I'm like, no. Stop! Just slow down. Uh, but I ended up buying. I went to buy one thing, maybe, and I walked out with five presents. Well, good for you, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, I. I and now I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. It's Christmas season. It's holiday season. I'm a full blown Christmas monster, Loren.
2: I have said to you guys that I'm feeling a bit more festive for sure I'm still going to be basically where I was at last year with the tree because I just haven't managed to buy get out and get one yet but I was shopping yesterday too my challenge is I have kids both with November birthdays and so the birthdays are top of mind and then once we get through that we focus on Christmas but I'll have to say um I was in a festive mood yesterday that brought me to Banville and Jones the wine shop because I was going to get wine for some gifts and uh was pleased to stumble upon the deal of all deals, Brett. I think I texted you about this. That was, if you buy any unlisted wine in the store, you can then buy one of three select bottles for a loony. So I'd come to the till with two bottles. And she says, for a toonie, I can give you two more. And I was like, what now? <laughs> and I was like, "Never mind." You had me at toonie. And she's like, do you want the rosé, the white? I was like, I don't care, man. It's a toonie for two more bottles of wine. And then I found myself in that moment where like, is this my wine now or am I gifting this as well? And so it, <laughs> what what it did make me think is how, you know, the deal is one thing, put that aside, the pleasure of getting together with people and being able to do that without any thought of any sort of breaking of any rules, you know, or what the rules might be and you don't want to break the rules and, you know, all that, all the loneliness that we had over the last two years. My kids were so pumped to know that there are plans, like that we will be seeing people on Christmas, And so just the excitement of that, you know, Christmas Eve is one month away.
1: I haven't been in a mall. I haven't been anywhere <laughs> where Christmas is a thing yet. So I am not in that mode in any way, shape or form. I think we're putting up our Christmas tree this weekend. So hopefully that'll change things in the attitude in my house. But I know uh, uh, Jackie bought a couple of miniature Christmas trees for the end tables in the living room. So those are on that's not really working for me, but one of the boys is really excited. We we have this Christmas village that we set up on our mantle oh, cool. and our hearth and stuff and it skating rink batteries and it plays music and all this sort of stuff. And and so he's anxious to get that going. But I am not in the Christmas mode in any way, shape, or form, even though I have all my Christmas shopping done already. What? Yeah. It's I, all no, done. You don't. Done. I got it all done. I got it all done like three weeks ago. Finished.
0: We could
2: be having this exact same conversation December 24th as opposed to November 24th. And I can say without a doubt, I will not be done as of that day.
0: (laughs) Now, is that because you're procrastinating or is it because because sometimes like I, I there I have had years where I've done all my shopping but I still felt a need to continue to to get more. I just wanted to give more. So I, I felt like it's kind of like a movie. You never finish a movie; you just run out of time uh, if you're making one, and then you got to submit it. So is that what's going on here, Loren?
2: um No.
0: Procrastination.
2: Just straight up, like ch- like stick my head in the sand, try not to think about it, kind of thing. <laughs> you know like at uh, the gas station like you'll know if, you'll know i did a last minute if it's a windshield wiper <laughs>
0: Or like a pink pair of
2: sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah. I just really thought you could use these to brighten your day. You forgot about me, didn't you? Yeah. I just forgot about everyone.
1: Jug of windshield washer fluid.
0: Listen,
2: those are all great gifts.
1: They're great gifts. Just not on Christmas morning, okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And a couple of Slim Jims. So feel free to let us know, are you feeling festive yet? Because we got this mixed bag here. Mackling's saying he's not feeling it, but... I am. already done your your sh- so you're not feeling it, but you're done your shopping. Just the way it worked
1: out. I I was away before Grey Cup and yeah. uh, just knocked everything off off my list and and I was out. Got my hair cut the other day. Oh, what time is it? Dang, I might have just blow. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I got my last thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got my last thing on uh, at the. Uh, uh, Stop talking. I feel like you can't save to Stop saying things here. Yeah, somebody's listening and I'm going to blow it. it, (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Did you get me hair stuff again this year? Thanks, Mackling.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb for a chance to win tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets take on the Columbus Blue Jackets on December 2nd at Canada Life Centre. We're asking you about your customer service stories. Whether it's bad customer service, interesting customer service, how did you handle yourself when you got said bad service, or perhaps you're the bad customer. Tell us a story for a chance to win those tickets. Producer Sky in for Jeff Fortier today. What you got? We didn't get to you in our previous half hour.
5: I don't like to talk about it because it was a time of great turmoil (laughs) that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, and I have a few. (laughs) Okay, maybe you know what I'm of course I'm talking about when you're in between hairdressers Mm -hmm. and you have no regular person. Mm. So I took a gamble on Groupon. So it might be my fault, but maybe not. Took a gamble. You go to a stranger. How bad can it be? They're cutting your hair. No color, no perm. Done with perms, thank goodness. Just a cut. So I get there. Seems nice enough. It's a clean place. They got the blue liquid. All good. (laughs) Okay. The combs are in
1: the blue liquid. Combs are in
5: the blue liquid. I'm happy. I'm happy. That's the standard.
1: That's the minimum standard.
5: And it's not Kool Aid. So I'm all good. But things started to take a turn for the worst when, you know, hairdressers are supposed to be chatty, but it's, you know, two way conversation. Not not so. I had with me an over sharer, an immediate over sharer. (laughs) I should not know. Within the first 90 seconds of meeting you, that you have a latex allergy. I also, and I can't tell you the details of this because my mother's listening, but I shouldn't know. Oh, I shouldn't. De- <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't know the details of how you discovered that. <laughs> Okay. I was thinking the gloves with the hair dye, but no, Absolutely we're talking not. another kind of glove. No, got this is it, guys. 90 seconds. Um, I wish it was just the glove. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and you have to be nice. I was trapped. I had to be a good customer, and oh, I yeah. oh thank, because she's got scissors, okay, near my head. And I can't say please stop, please, stop, please stop, please, stop, please, stop, please, stop, please, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to dunk my head in the blue liquid. It was so bad. And by the way. Worst haircut of my life. Yeah. I looked like Charlie Brown's T-shirt. I had a zigzag. It wasn't even. And I had to get my mother to even it out. She's not a hairdresser. Okay? So you didn't oh, even get the it.
1: payoff of the great haircut. Like It was it wasn't, not worth wasn't the story. It wasn't worth it at the end. There was oh. no redemption of any s- shape or form.
5: <laughs> no.
2: You know, here's the thing about a stylist. That, you know, it's often perceived that they're like the therapist. like right. you're, you're dishing to them. Yes. But I've had, I have not had this much oversharing, Sky. But I have had a few different times when dabbling in between hairdressers, where you think, like, man, this person's having a day, like they're they're needing to share with me. I once had a massage where the masseuse cried, talking about their relationship while massaging. What did me. you do to them? I was just, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, aren't I the one that's supposed to be like unleashing tears to? You know, as you, as you hit different pressure points? No, they were having a day. And you're trapped. <laughs> you're trapped, Sky. You're right. You got, you're naked on a bed.
0: Small town salute. The Christmas lights are out on many a street in Winnipeg. Trees up in many homes. And snow. It's been on the ground for a couple of weeks now.
2: Yeah, so depending on where you're at, and with this melt might change a few things, but it's made for some already idyllic scenes. And yesterday, when looking to see what different community events were coming up tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, I stumbled across a photo that I think it's safe to say had all of us saying, wow, that is gorgeous. Is that really beaux at dusk? And, you know, I even thought it looks like it's something out of a movie scene, Greg.
1: Well, that's because tomorrow night beaux is turning Park Avenue into a hallmark movie shopping experience. There will be horse-drawn sleighs, fire pits, hot chocolate, Santa, and more. To share what's going on, President of the beaux and District Chamber of Commerce, Anna de Good morning, Anna.
6: Good morning. How are you today? I'm excellent. You must be
1: getting excited about what's going on in beaux tomorrow night.
6: Oh, of course. I can't sit still, you know. <laughs> One wants to run. I was outside this morning, and it's beautiful beautiful morning and we will have some excellent weather for t- uh, for tomorrow night as well so so come on out come on out and uh, see what's happening there
1: well before we jump into this for those that don't know we like to give a little bit of a geography lesson so if we're coming from winnipeg how do we get to beaux
6: oh that's very easy you know all roads lead to beaux uh, we uh, we have highway fifty nine uh, highway fifty nine to highway fifty four east you will end up in boser you can go highway fifteen uh, uh, towards highway twelve and then north on twelve there is highway uh, three or two so it doesn 't matter which route you will take you will end up in boser eventually. It is just forty five minutes from Winnipeg and uh, a well worth a drive out.
0: So what is happening tomorrow?
6: What is happening? Well, you did already mention on our uh, Christmas evening, Christmas Moonlight uh, Madness shopping uh, on Park Avenue. Park Avenue is our main street in beausau and it will be closed off. Uh, we have about uh, six blocks that are closed off, and we will have. Uh, would you like to hear the list of uh, what all will be going on?
0: Yeah, let's we're, let's see. What, give her.
6: Let's see what's going on. All right. Let's start with the kids. You know, there will be Santa and Mrs. Claus arriving. I'm not quite sure if they will be flying in the sleigh or if they, will, <laughs> if they will just drive in on uh, on uh, on wheels. But uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus will arrive at 5.30. There will be free photos with Santa uh, and Mrs. Claus from 6 to 9 p.m. There will be free family portraits, and uh, you can bring your pet if you like to. There will be Christmas stories, scavenger hunt at the library. There will be uh, Christmas cards, uh, crafts. We will have uh, unicorn pon- ponies. So if you have never seen one, come on out for that. There will be alpacas walking up and down Park Avenue. There will yes! Be- <laughs> yes. You- <laughs> uh, there will be bouncy castles. Uh, healthy snacks will be served. We will have uh, about five fire pits uh, distributed uh, along, the, along those five, uh, uh, five blocks if you get too cold you can go and uh, roast uh, roast the marshmallow or just warm up
2: you know the cell sounds tremendous and you're painting a real picture here of just you're going to have a nice day i think it's going to be plus 3 tomorrow maybe a little cooler tomorrow night you you've got all the sort of scenes that really draw in that festive spirit and and i'm just curious what made you guys decide to do this because you're 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 using the label that it's essentially you know a Hallmark movie shopping experience. So have you been filming any Hallmark movies? Or are you inspired by movies that have been filmed in and around the area? Because Manitoba gets a lot of Hallmark films.
6: You know, if you have ever been to beaux we are still a Hallmark setting. Um, many little towns, they do, uh, they're modernized already. And uh, beaux still has a lot of the older attractions. And as you said, you, you saw the photo, right? In, a, in the evening when everything is lit up, we have got a beautiful, beautiful um, s- setting where it, it really looks like a movie, movie setting. So I guess we just went by what Bo already uh, already represents and um, it's, um, it just came very natural.
1: How easy was it to get? Uh, businesses involved and get them on board with this idea, Anna.
6: You know, once the vision was, was cast, I it it just it just created it, it just created so much excitement. Um, we have some excellent businesses in town. We have some wonderful people that spread the news. Uh, the town the town itself is is full of of. Uh, of people that like to draw uh, others into the town, our businesses are very um, exceptional and unique We have businesses that you will not find anywhere else uh, we' we 've got a uh, a great town represented by a wonderful mayor uh, which loves the town and uh, supports all all the um, all, all the items that are being uh, being planned for the town, so you know all around we are we are the perfect uh, place to live. I guess I'm also advertising for people to come and move into Bo. <laughs>
0: so if we do head down to Bosjou tomorrow for uh, five o'clock for, between five and nine pm to visit Park Avenue, which you said is going to be closed uh, to vehicular traffic, where do we park our vehicles?
6: There will be there will be parking assigned. We will have people all around uh, directing you to available parking. We've got we've got a lot of parking on the side streets and behind the uh, Park Avenue businesses, so there will be lots of parking available.
0: Anna De Merit is president of the Beaucaire and District Chamber of Commerce. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it.
6: Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to to shout out this event and invite everyone to come out.
2: I hope they mingle all the way. <laughs> That's a Hallmark title. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Uh, my my
1: Christmas spirit just went up about 3 notches.
2: Yes, yeah? it sounds am- amazing. Oh, I yes. I I can't get enough. I think that's a great idea. I you know, this is something small towns used to do. Greg, do you remember Minadosa? Yes. Well, that I'm trying to bring it back to Minnedosa, but there no. used to be a lot of midnight madness shopping. The stores would open late. We'd be out in the streets thinking how cool it was that the street was shut down that you got to shop. After dark, they had bed races, like we'd race beds down the street, like all sorts of fun stuff. I think this is tremendous. Yeah,
1: and you could do the Minnedosa Bucks. They had those special uh, business uh, promotions where you could buy – I think it, this predates the electronic gift certificates and the idea of gift certificates. They were they were miles ahead. If you bought a certain amount of Minidosa bucks, I think you got a discount on those dollars, and then you could spend them within the community only. It was, uh, yeah, it was a very awesome time of year, no question My about husband, it.
2: Brett, Brett, you should head to Bosaier tomorrow and just round out that Christmas list. <laughs> you're already on a, you're already on the Christmas shopping monster.
0: I know, I know. Yeah, I, I, it, it sounds like it'll be a wonderful place. I might not see the problem is I might just stay there. <laughs> might if, not come back if it's, if, it's, if it's this beautiful Hallmark movie kind of setting. Sounds like a uh, good weekend. You're gonna fall in love. Broadcasting
1: All's live from Bowser Monday morning, Brett McGarry.
0: <laughs> I've all go the opposite direction. We're finally bringing everybody back, and McGarry's like, "No, <laughs> I'm going to broadcast. I'm, now I'm broadcasting a remote for the next two oh, and a radio half years.
2: DJ." host in a small town love madness moonlight horses hallmark do you really have to go back all the way back to winnipeg (laughs) for
1: work on monday
0: (laughs) i thought we had
1: something special started
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Coming up in our next segment, we have tickets to give away for oh Christmas Tea, British comedy show coming to the Centennial Concert Hall on Friday, December 30th, so wait for your cue to call on that. And a reminder that we are giving away Jets tickets for December 2nd, Canada Life Centre, Columbus Blue Jackets in town, and we're asking you to tell us a story about customer service, interesting service, bad service, how'd you handle yourself, Maybe you're the bad customer, and we're getting a lot of stories about bad service, but Jonathan with an interesting story here. He says, a few years back, I began volunteering for our local operation Red Nose. He lives out of town, and on my very first call, I was the person responsible for driving the person's car back to their home with them. As soon as we got into the car and started going... I could feel something was wrong. As it turned out, they had a flat tire. So on a chilly November evening, I had to pull over to the side of the road and change the tire to the spare. Every other drive that night was super simple after that. But the silver lining was the client did leave a very nice big donation that evening. Wow. Imagine that.
1: Service tech to your... Resume, Jeremy. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding. I, 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 my first thought would be, this is what I sign up for. Yes, no. <laughs> uh, CAA. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> that's that. Be about the extent of of my help at that point, because then you got to go in the glove box. You got to look for that little lock nut and. Uh, Who knows if all the jack parts are there? So that's that's good customer service. That's going
0: above and beyond the expectation. That's what I call that. There you go, Jonathan. Good for you. And good for you for doing that. Operation Red Nose, that's a great initiative for the holidays to get people home safely. If a football match... Oh, and we'll give away those Jets tickets, by the way, at 9.15. Tell us the story at 204-780-6868. Take two. If a football match in the middle of your workday wasn't enough yesterday... Today, there are three NFL football games on tap as our American neighbors celebrate Thanksgiving.
1: And the Minnesota Wild are turning the, this time of year into an annual evisceration of the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets, Loren. Last year, it was 7-1 on Black Friday and last night on Thanksgiving Eve. I'm uh, I'm, I'm anointing it as officially a Thanksgiving Eve. It was a 6-1 Wild win in St. Paul and joining well, five
2: us. Five years is a tie. In five years, if we keep going from 7-1 last year to 6-1 this year with Minnesota at this time of year. So, like, you know, 2027, we're tying this game.
1: (laughs) The eternal optimist, Loren McNabb. Just look ahead. (laughs) Joining us as he recuperates from last week's Grey Cup Festival and less than desirable results. For the Winnipeg Football Club and Winnipeg Football fans is our good friend, Bob Irving. Good morning, Bob.
4: Good morning, g and before we get going here, I just want to publicly declare that my admiration for your stamina has risen immensely after what I witnessed at the Grey Cup last <laughs> weekend. And I, I, I'm not, you know, telling any stories out of school here, but I want the public to know, as I struggle with a horrible cold, g attended most of the festival events. He took in the party the way it needs to be taken in, as did I. But he was always there for his appointed rounds the next morning on the radio or wherever else. And here he is back on the air this week, sounding bright and chipper. And I don't have the stamina, <laughs> Mr. Meckling, that you had last weekend. So kudos to you, sir.
1: Thank you, Bob. That means a lot to me. I'm blushing, I'm sure. So I appreciate that immensely. Did you see more of the festival than you'd ever seen before, Bob? Were you able to enjoy it on, on a level and in a way that never before possible?
4: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I always try to get to Touchdown Manitoba, even if I'm working as I have been all these years. But it was a different situation this year, and it was wonderful to go to Touchdown Manitoba and see all those Bomber fans and spend time talking to them and just see the sheer joy that they were having at the Grey Cup game. And I found it interesting, too, after the game, Greg, and I'm sure you experienced this, too. I ran into a bunch of them. I sat in the stands during the game, and as we were leaving the stadium, I ran into a bunch of them in the next morning, too, and they were disappointed, obviously. But, you know, the attitude was, hey, you know, we've had a great run and you can't win them all and we'll be back next year. So I think the the, the fans are still very upbeat and positive about the team, even though that was a gut-wrenching loss.
2: It's amazing. I, and I don't want to use the word selfish, but... Um... I just had this expectation of winning because I liked it so much, perhaps, Bob. So it yeah. still stung a bit for me. And and it, and it did feel kind of selfish, on the other hand, because you had two cups already in in as many years. And so you're thinking, like, let's go for a third. I'd take 30 if we could in a row. Yeah. And so you're still asking the question these days later, Bob. Why? Is there a thing we can pinpoint specifically no, as not, to what went wrong?
4: Yeah, I don't think so. There, there's a series of plays in any game that you can say, if they'd done this, if they'd done that, they'd have won the game. Here's the way I look at it, and I don't think the Bombers played their best game. I I don't think their offensive line was as good as it needed to be, and who knows why, right? I don't have the answer to that sort of stuff. Nobody does in sport. But with a minute left, they had moved the ball down to the Saskatchewan 40-yard line and had a chance to win the game with a field goal. And really, in a championship game, you can't ask for anything more. And So I'm not going to pin it on Mark Leggio, although his propensity to miss converts Is very concerning to me. That field goal attempt was blocked. Whether he hit it well or not, that's open to debate. But he's missed way too many converts this year, and those should be virtually automatic. So I think that's an area of concern for the Bombers. But I think we underrated the Argos. The Argos have a good team. They played a tough, hard nosed game. They won by one point, a game that the Bombers had a chance to win in the last minute. So, hey, Let's move on to next year. It's been a great run. They should have a good team again in 2023, and we'll see what happens.
0: And do you think, we heard Brady Oliveira saying this could be an off season for the ages. Do you think that this team is going to come back with a uh, big chip on its shoulder?
4: Oh, for sure. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Brett, uh, now that... Question will be how many of the players they can bring back, and I think they'll bring back a lot of the key ones. As a matter of fact, I would expect in the next two or three weeks they'll be announcing some re-signings of people like Willie Jefferson, and I could go up and down that list. They have some tough calls to make, though. There are at least 10 players, 10 important players that are 30 years of age or older on this team. And that doesn't mean if you're 30 or 31 or 32, you can't still play. I'm not suggesting that at all. But you have to be very careful that you don't let your team sort of all get old at once, right? So that's there's a fine line there that has to be uh, uh, balanced. And we'll see how the Bombers approach that. But I expect they'll be back with a core next year. Uh, I think they'll sign some free agents that will excite people. And, uh, hey, they'll be – well, they're already favorites to win the Grey Cup next year. The betting line has them favorites to win the Grey Cup, so – 2023 should be another good bomber year.
1: Yeah, you, the, this uh, idea of cutting players, it's better to move on from players. Let's use that terminology instead, Bob. A, a year too soon as opposed to a year too late. I know Hugh Campbell and, and, in particular, Wally Buono had those philosophies. Where do you buy in on that?
4: Well, I say it's a fine line. It really is. Like Stan, Let's use Stanley Bryant as an example. He's 36 years old. The bomber's left tackle. Um, Is his production decreasing? Well, apparently not. He was named the most outstanding offensive lineman in the CFL. But at some point, age does catch up with you. And so the decision has to be made by management. After viewing video and all the rest of it, is this player still at the top of his game? Will he decline as each game or week or month goes by? Can we get another good year out of him? And that's a very, very difficult call to make. And that's one that uh, Michael Shea and his gang are going to have to make on a bunch of players this offseason. I would say, if you think they can still play, bring the gang back. I have no problem with that, but just be careful.
2: Bob, did you watch the World Cup yesterday, the first match with Canada well, and
4: Belgium? I sure did. As a matter of fact, I was watching Germany play Japan, and the Germans were up one nothing, and they were dominating the game. So I left it, I come back, and Japan won 2-1. to Earlier, Argentina got beat by Saudi Arabia, which nobody could believe, and then I watched the entire Canada-Belgium game, and man, oh man, the Canadians played a great game. They were aggressive, attacking. It was soccer as entertaining as it can be, and sometimes soccer's not very entertaining for those who don't love the game deeply. Uh, And the, the coach of Belgium even said, we didn't deserve to win. We did not deserve to win. Well, that's the ultimate testament, I think, to how well Canada played. But they did lose the game, and now they've got to beat Croatia on Thursday, or they're in big trouble in terms of getting out of the first round. And read the Jets game last night, GMAC. They were sloppy. They took bad penalties. Let's hope it's a one off. Here's one thing you can't do in the NHL you can't go on a long losing streak. You can lose a game like that because everybody does, right? There's 82 games, and you're going to have a bad night. You can't have a, a streak where you lose four or five, six or seven in a row because now you're in huge trouble so I think what the Jets have to do is just say hey, let's move on uh, play a better game and get back on the winning track so I think it's a one-off but we'll we'll keep an eye on the next few and see what happens
1: yeah I hope it's a one-off Rick Bonus uh, sounded as though uh, he was going to make some points with some players and uh, I think the first two lines found themselves on the bench uh, for the better part of the third period last night so uh, some messages sent I hope Bob Bob will let you run here but uh, will you be watching NFL today uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade all all that stuff will you be having turkey like uh pseudo-american thanksgiving at the irving household today
4: no we have our own thanksgiving here in canada thank you very much but i will be watching football i won't be watching the parade i'm looking forward to the vikings game tonight uh, because they got trashed in their last game and they'll have a tough one against new england and those who are you a vikings fan g mac i think you are aren't you
1: I had to give that up when they got thrashed by the Giants and I got publicly ridiculed in Toronto before Uh-oh. 400 people with my Vikings jersey on uh, cheering them on. This was right at the beginning of the internet and uh, someone yelled, Mackling, they're already down 40-3 to three at halftime.
4: <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh.
1: So that was it. That was it for me. I hung up my Vikings horns. After I know that. a lot
4: of people who are Vikings fans but hate the quarterback Kirk Cousins and I'm not sure why. They just don't like him at all. So It'll be intriguing for me to see how the Vikings respond tonight at home against New England.
0: Bob Irving joining us for our weekly Thursday sports chat. Thanks, Bob. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Reminder that in our next segment, we are giving away tickets for the Winnipeg Jets. December 2nd, Canada Life Center, Columbus, Blue Jackets in town. Tell us a story at 204 780 6868 about customer service for your chance to win. Hey, by the way, we gave away tickets for Oh Christmas Tea coming to the Centennial Concert Hall December 30th. That's a British comedy show. Producer Sky, and for Forte, who won those tickets?
5: Kathy slash Mary. She goes by. Kathy, but that's her middle name. Her first name is Mary.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, congratulations, Kathy slash Mary. Enjoy that show. Question of the day at cjob.com for credit aid. Struggling with debt? Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. If you plan to do some Black Friday shopping, will you go out to shop or will you stick online? We've posed that question at cjob.com. And on Instagram at six eighty CJOB, uh, so far at CJOB dot com, we've got fifty eight percent say shopping online. So hmm. uh, I, was, I thought the gap might be a bit wider, but a little bit like closer. Which,
2: in which direction did it's,
0: you think? More people, like with more the majority saying online. Um, so it, I find that encouraging that a lot of people like, still like to go out to shop. I think you're missing out on the experience. I agree. Totally agree.
2: Yeah. I, I actually right now. <laughs> randomly got an email, I think it was Costco, and then the Bay sent one with their Black Friday deals, and I went down a rabbit hole in the commercial break of this lotion that's on sale for a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> then, Which then one, the started...
1: Costco or the Bay? Because I get those ones too, right It
2: was a Costco email, but then I realized I was on Costco. It was a Costco.com email, and it was actually an American price, so it was oh. a deal. But and so then, you know, Anyway, it really distracted me there for some times, but there's also lots of things you need to feel, like texture-wise when it comes to clothing or shoes, and then smells. Although I will say the last time I was shopping in a shopper's, I got told to stop smelling the the different
0: shampoos, really
2: yeah I, I, do, am I the only one that does that
0: I would i, I hmm
2: like would, i guess I guess it's more of a probably a hygiene thing that never crossed my mind, but it, it should have yeah like how, but there's just certain lotions you don't want the, i don't want I don't want it unscented or maybe I don't want it too scented you yeah.
1: Know? You're concerned about what you're going to smell like. We were having this discussion off air this morning about some fancy uh, hair products and whatnot, (laughs) And and, right? There are some products that uh, are nondescript, some that are offensive, and others that make you feel like a billion dollars because of, A, of how they work and make you look. And also, a lot of that for me, Brett, is how I smell when I use some of these products.
0: Well, you've got uh, your sense of smell, is bordering on superhero. Um, Not that that'd be a great superpower. I can smell things. (laughs) But it's a very sensitive nose, right? Uh, So, yeah, you would certainly want to be smelling good. You don't want to smell like you just... Dumped, took a bath, and Axe body spray, or something like that. But uh, I, I'll smell um, if I need deodorant or antiperspirant, perspirant, Loren. I will, I'll take a whiff. I'll, I'll grab a few of them. Like, do I feel, do I feel like Arctic ice right. today, or do I feel like cool breeze? Oh, and
2: what does that mean? Like, Arctic ice does not explain to you what you're going to smell like, right? <laughs> I'm going to smell cold. Some of those names. I mean, if it says baby powder, okay, I can get that. It says coconut, yeah, sure. But Arctic ice is or like it's just a nondescript. I don't know what they think you're going to smell like, and so. I get why you want to do that. And then, you know, I, I appreciate that retailers and store clerks and people who work in these places have to watch you for all sorts of reasons. But I don't want to be told not to smell. And I definitely don't want to be told... Falled around if people think I might be stealing Brett, which is an experience you were sharing with us that you had after seven this morning.
0: Yeah, that's right. I was out shopping yesterday, doing I picked up some Christmas gifts, and I was at a gift shop and I bought a novelty T-shirt for a friend of mine. And uh, when I walked into the store, in case for those of you who missed the story earlier. When I walked into the store, three youngsters working in there. They were cursing and swearing, having a good time. I don't care. Like you want to swear, it's you want to swear in your store, fill your boots. Uh, but that's definitely going to chase some some people out. And the music they were playing was also full of uh, curses and swears. But whatever, I, I kind of liked the song. But they didn't acknowledge me, and uh, they didn't even say hi. I don't need. I don't like to have have my hand held when I'm in a store unless I ask for your help. But at least say hello, and they didn't do that. But when I finally picked up a shirt, and then sort of went around a corner, this is a it's a busy store, like in terms of like all the stuff they've got. So the sight lines are terrible. So I get that. So I grab the shirt, go around the corner, and then one of the kids bounces around the corner, like he he, he actually bounded around the corner. He was like, "Hey, can I help you with anything?" And I said, "No, no. I'm well, I'm going to get this shirt in a second. I'm just checking to see what's over here. Okay, just trying to help." But uh, he, I guarantee that he came bounding around the corner to make sure that I wasn't fleeing the store, uh, having stolen from them. And I get that. Like, it, it's it, retail, the theft has got to be, it's terrible right now.
1: It's a difficult job to balance what customers are anticipating what they like. You don't want to turn them off by being too friendly. Oh, yeah, this guy's trying to sell me something. Been down that road myself and as a a seller. And so you're trying to just uh, find that happy medium. But no hello, no acknowledgement. That's not good. Because then it makes people feel awkward when you do show up because it feels like either A, I think you're stealing something or B, oh, now I'm here. I see you want to buy something. Now I'm going now to be I helpful. Care. Now yeah. I care. And then so that bothers me as well. So yeah, to me, that comes all down to training and process and, and whatnot. But so
2: how do you train right now for what
1: well, might be good going on there
2: for, for, for on a couple of fronts? You know, yeah. we've had a few people when we've been talking customer service this morning work in to say, hey... They work customer service so they work in retail and they feel people's attitudes are worse than ever. They also have commented a bunch of times over the past few months about theft. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so long ago, you know, in the summer we had the retail council on after the Winnipeg police put out numbers showing, you know, that the various levels of crime. And one of the numbers from the Winnipeg police that was in theory, you know, property crime theft was down, but they thought it was largely due to the fact that the liquor theft had dropped so significantly due to the different... Changes they had made in all the entrances, right? You can't get in without showing your ID. But that there's there's a sense that retail theft was still way up. I was shopping in Polo Park not long ago, one of the stores said, oh, yeah, like it's a regular daily thing, people trying to walk out of here with sweaters. And I know the retail council is trying to get a handle on just what the problem might be and where it's at, because they want real hard data, like not just anecdotes from store owners, but proof that's either up you know x percentage or down x percentage and so i know they're working on a project right now to compile that data because you know on the one hand brett feels terrible if someone's assuming you're about to steal and on the other hand maybe they're at a level i'm i don't know we're looking to get answers to this but maybe they're at a level where odds are they get stolen from more than not and so they have to presume everybody is the worst case scenario yeah which is terrible to think
1: yeah yeah and there's there we know there are lots of people in our community that get uh followed every single time they go on a retail operation as well that's that's a whole other conversation but something that uh we should be looking at as well
0: you can feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868 one final thought lauren go ahead i was
2: just gonna say there's people who are also profiled for all the wrong reasons and so now maybe the there's a shift that that they're assuming that everybody um, is someone to keep an eye on, but I know that there are people who have been hurt and marginalized for for no reason at all. Um, and if you have a story like that, you want to share it. Let it know. Let us know. Seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight.
0: Mackling Magaria McNabb, it has been a fast and furious deliberation period. The techs have been flooding in in the last few minutes for a chance to win Jets tickets for December 2nd. We're asking you to tell us a customer service story, but we have chosen our winner, but we got an audio runner-up here, Mr. Mackling. What does Jason Franklin have for us?
1: Best service ever was this summer. Me and and some friends hit Minneapolis for some golf and fun. Stayed at a hotel that gave us the best service of my life. Greeted us every time we came back. Had a table ready with our drinks every evening, did everything perfect, and when we got home, my roommate got the attached voicemail.
6: Hey, Mr. Rug, Rug this is Martin from the Royal, the Royal Sinesta, Minneapolis downtown. I was just calling to see if you and my buddies made it back home safely. Y'all take care of yourself, and I hope to see you again soon in the future. Bye-bye. Nice.
1: That's a nice touch, right?
2: That yeah. is an extra touch. When you said voicemail, I thought, uh-oh, there was going to be some sort of hitting-on scenario. like i thought my mind my mind immediately went to like oh no they have someone's number and now there's gonna be like by the way can i take you out for a drink after the drinks kind of thing
0: uh well done jason it was as always it's a tough choice when we have to pick just one but paula is our winner today. This is an incredible story. And in a lot of the stories, we've been omitting the name of the business, but we're going to put it in this one Mm -hmm. because Paula says, I was at Famous Footwear at Polo Park yesterday, picking up a pair of boots that I bought online. The salesperson was telling me that someone had just stolen a bag full of shoes. (laughs) She was on her own and was working a 12-hour shift because people had called in sick. But she was still super helpful and super pleasant. The boots didn't fit, so she found me another size. But when I got home, I realized she gave me the wrong size. So I called the store, and she was so incredibly apologetic. And when she asked when I would be back at Polar Park, I told her I wasn't sure because I didn't live nearby, and I had made a special trip to pick up the online order. So she was even more upset by that.
2: When she asked what part of town I lived in, she said that she would be driving by the outlet mall, which is close to where I live. She'd be there on Friday. She would come and personally deliver the shoes to my vehicle curbside. She said it was Black Friday. She didn't want me looking for parking, so I was to text her, and she would run out to my car and do the switch. I told her that's not necessary. I'd come inside, but she said absolutely not. She had messed up, and it was her responsibility to fix it. I couldn't believe she was being so accommodating. Never in all my years of shopping have I ever come across a salesperson like that. I made sure I put a review on Google, and I intend to call her store manager. It was beyond good customer service. So, Paula, that is incredible. It just happened yesterday. The shoes will be delivered to her tomorrow and a shout out for calling the manager. Please do that. Because I think it's really easy for all of us to complain and go online and tweet and get on social media when something goes wrong. But how often do we go online or call the store or restaurant when something goes right?
0: Yeah. Sometimes I'll call like, uh, I've done this a few times where I had like a really good pizza and I'll call them and say, Hey, I'm just, I ordered a such and such a pizza about two hours ago. It was really good. Thanks. And they, they never know what to say. They, they're always like, oh, well, thank you.
1: Whenever I ask for a manager at a restaurant, Jackie goes absolutely red. And typically <laughs> the server looks frightened, but oh, it's no. always because I want to give a compliment.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. Paula, congrats. Enjoy the Jets game. We keep hearing that home sales are cooling that prices are starting to drop. But if you're a first-time buyer and you've been house hunting lately, it does not feel like they're dropping enough. And we're
2: learning that there really remains a massive gap when we look at what the average Canadian brings in for salary with a full-time job and what they're required to put out for that average mortgage. So here's the line of a recent study that stood out for us. The price of an average home in Canada would need to drop $341,000, half of the 2021 value, to make it affordable for a typical young person to carry a mortgage that covers 80% of the value. Or earnings would need to increase to $108,000 a year, double what full-time work typically pays Canadians who are between 25 and 34. So that gap is large. The report is done by the group Generation Squeeze, and its lead author and founder is Paul Kershaw, who joins us now. Good morning, Paul.
7: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Well, thanks for taking the time. I I just threw out a lot of numbers there, but bottom line, we're saying prices would need to drop significantly or salaries raise significantly for us to get to a point where those first-time buyers would really be able to carry that mortgage. Walk us through how you got to those numbers that I just shared.
7: Well, what we're really trying to help Canadians do is to sort of assess what do we think as we are learning this year something important has happened. Home prices haven't continued to rise finally across the country on average. Is that good? Is that bad? And so to help people answer that question, we're wanting to show people by tracking what home prices have done over the last 45 years and say if they're leveling out, That's a positive, but let's remember they're leveling out at a really harmfully high level. So you, Jen, just showed the numbers, how far would they need to fall to come in to reach those home values or how much would our earnings need to rise, and that matters so much for a young person because let me give you another concrete comparison. When my mom started out in the housing market about 45 years ago, it turns out, um, a person her age would have had to work five years to save a 20% down payment on an average price home. Now, it's 17 years across Canada. That is just years and years of, in many respects, wasted work effort to cover our major cost of living. And it's, it's soul-crushing in many respects for younger folks from coast to coast because it, it pushes yeah, that dream of homeownership out of reach more and more. And the consolation prize is lousy because it's rising rents.
1: Dr. Kershaw, so when we look at this and we have this conversation, it's all, you know, the numbers are staggering when you talk about the average price across Canada and Manitoba. The numbers are are different because the affordability uh, level is considerably different, but where I get hung up on when you draw this correlation between earnings and what it costs to own a home is on the monthly payment. And when you boil it down to that and the monthly obligation versus what we're bringing in clear every month, the numbers feel even more staggering and it feels even more impossible for for anybody to, to contemplate buying a an average-priced uh, home, even if they've got some money in the bank for a down payment.
7: Well, that's a really interesting observation, and I think that the numbers you shared off the start of the call really indicate, like, if you're managing to overcome just how hard it is to save that down payment, and I would think that's actually what's especially grown to be harder over the last many decades, because we do have lower interest rates, even with recent rate hikes, by comparison with, say, the early 1980s. But even if you can get that down payment and, and you're dealing with lower interest rates by comparison with historical past. It's, it's really difficult, as you said. That's why home prices would need to fall by hundreds of thousands across the country, or we'd need to see this doubling of earnings. Both are things that are not going to happen anytime soon. But let's pick up sort of the, the flip side, the good news to some degree. Manitoba has, has experienced a deterioration of affordability. You know, 45 years ago, it would have taken four years of full-time work to save that 20% down payment on an average home in Manitoba. Now it takes nine years. So you've lost five years of hard work paying off by comparison with the past. But by relative standards, compared to say BC and Ontario in particular, you have an advantage, a precious economic advantage. You haven't lost as much affordability as have other places. And I hope that everyone in your province and especially your political leaders are keen to protect that because it's so much easier to protect and it is to restore once you've lost it. B.C. and Ontario are desperately struggling to restore that same precious thing you have not yet lost. And I would almost beg of your policy leaders to try and get ahead of the curve and not lose further control over home prices any more than you already have.
0: Now, we hear monthly from Statistics Canada on the cost of goods and whether they're rising or falling, and we all know they continue to rise. But what are your thoughts on on where... Housing needs to factor into the numbers that Stats Canada puts out.
7: Oh, that's a brilliant, brilliant question. I think in this case, Stats Can, as great an organization as it is, has actually let, let us down on this issue, especially younger Canadians. Stats Can has not been measuring housing affordability and housing inflation adequately. Were they, they would have told us years and years and years ago that we had a big inflation problem in this country because our major cost of living has been going up and up and up relentlessly. But ironically... StatsCan doesn't measure how much a first-time borrow, first-time owner has to borrow to get into the housing market. It doesn't measure how much a down payment is changing. What it primarily measures is just how much your interest you have to pay on what you're borrowing. And that's only one slice of the much bigger problem that's been facing people. And so we reported in this study that we hope that StatsCan can improve its measure of housing inflation because – Inflation is this, it's like a road sign. It tells us, can we go forward or should we stop? And StatsCan has been saying, go forward, go forward, go forward over the last many years when really we needed to put the brakes on skyrocketing home prices. And what's happened lately is we have seen interest rates rise and slow down home prices, but we increased those uh, interest rates because we had gas inflation, energy inflation, food inflation. And we need our measure of inflation to be even stronger for housing than it is for anything else, because housing is our major cost of living.
2: Paul, we've spoken to you often over the past few years just about the whole concept of generation squeeze, and yet still I know there will be people out there listening who'll say, you know what, it's just what every generation has to pay when it comes to moving on up and out of the home. But your numbers show that that is absolutely not the case, that what we're asking of our 25 to 34-year-olds is nowhere near the ask for cost of living decades ago.
7: Oh, you, you just said it absolutely perfectly, and let me maybe summarize it as follows. Hard work doesn't pay off for young people like it used to. We should value hard work. We want people to work hard, but we should hope that the hard work will pay off some way like it used to, but here's the reality. The typical young person today will have to go to school longer, pay more for the privilege, to land jobs that pay thousands of dollars less, To face home prices that have gone up hundreds of thousands, which delays their ability to get into homeownership if they ever can, their consolation prize is rising rents. At a moment when they're in their prime childbearing and rearing years, childcare typically costs another mortgage-sized payment. Going on parental leave costs another rent-sized payment. That is a terrible private vice group to be caught in, and the vice group is is tightened still further because younger folks inherit larger government and environmental debts. It's a lousy, lousy generational
1: deal. Paul, a lot of people will say, and I know I've had this conversation. I'm, I'm in my 50s, and so I have this discussion about expectations. And, you know, when I bought my first house, it was 700 square feet. It was on a 25-foot lot, and, and I renovated the heck out of it in order to make uh, some money after a few years and then bought a little bigger house, and now my wife and I are in our third house. And so I've made the comment and and maybe it's ignorant on my part, but sometimes I get the sense that the expectation of what your first house should look like has dramatically changed as well.
7: Well, I think I'll say two things, one affirming you and one actually uh, challenging you. So on the challenging side I think if you actually look at what's happening across the country, many younger people are dialing down their expectations. They dial down, will I even be a homeowner? And if they do, like, will I have a yard? No, maybe a balcony, these kinds of things. And so they're definitely dialing down their expectations for space and access to the ground for their kids. But you can understand that when people are paying like $500,000, 600000 800000 for like a starter apartment, you're like... It should be a castle. And so when you're having to fork out so much more money than people did in the past to get so much less, you can start to understand a little bit like, oh, this isn't matching with my expectations for how nice this should be given how much I'm needing to pay for it. And so I can understand at certain moments why expectations for the quality of housing creep up as we're having to fork out so much more money.
2: And the where do I go next, Paul? Uh, Sorry to jump in here, guys, but you know, I'm always looking at houses just out of curiosity. So I could sell one now and make a lot more from it than I paid for it 10 years ago. But where do I go next? So it's not just the young generation getting into the market. There are people who are looking to make changes who will then find themselves, say, in a condo that costs them way more than they ever expected when they're trying to downsize because that decision on the other end also doesn't seem to add up on paper.
7: Yeah, well, I don't know how much more time we have for the interview. You're getting into some complicated questions about how the ladder for housing, we often think you get in the starter and then you can move your way up as your income goes up and you build some capital. But the move from like that studio apartment into a a place with enough bedrooms to raise two kids, the gap there is growing so much larger, and that is really also punishing to some degree the way that hard work pays off for young people these days. Those who are downsizing, they do have the perk of like they have some capital that they can then go look for that smaller place, and they often then can outbid those starting out in the housing market because they bring their capital from their larger
0: place. And that is indeed all the time we have. Paul Kershaw, Generation Squeeze, lead author and founder, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Have a great day.